0: Max and Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchen from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
2: It's been a long time between round one and round two. Like, let's be honest. But it's good to be able to be back talking fantasy footy. Hello, friends. It is MJ from the Coaches Panel. It is so good to see you. I have assembled number of members of the panel at ISO Lifestyle, doing it via a video conference, letting you uh, check in on a little bit. Jimmy, it's nice to hear from you and to see you. How are you, buddy? Oh, hello, MJ. Hello, listeners. It's, uh, it's nice to be out of hibernation. It's getting a little bit more that way. Uh, we've uh, managed to get the fox speaking out of hibernation. We've got the fox back. Hello, buddy.
3: Hey, out of the den. How are we?
2: We're good. I feel like the sound of you at the moment is in the den, but that's okay. And uh, we needed to bring some sensibility and some statistics to this episode, so we brought in uh, the third monkey, Tim. Hello, buddy.
1: How's it going?
2: How's it going? It's good, boys. Look, there, there is actually a lot of stuff to talk about. I, I don't know about anybody else, but maybe it's been a couple of months since you opened up your fantasy footy side. There's not been a lot happening for nearly three months, but now just a handful of days away from round two recommencing uh, right throughout this episode. We want to talk uh, your questions that you've sent to us through our Facebook, also Twitter. We want to talk the break-even game and how we can navigate that, what we should do with our premiums and mid-price players. And then a look at some of the different strategies and trades we might need to look at as we venture through Supercoach, Dream Team, and AFL Fantasy. As always, you can reach out to us at coachespanel.tv. Plenty of articles, podcasts, and exclusive content for Patreons for you to go and check out. But I think let's go back to the end of round one. Nothing happened for months due to ISO life. And now we find ourselves heading heading into round two with a few new changes to the game. And I think, Jimmy, when we look at AFL Dream Team, first and foremost, that's had a couple of changes. It's similar to a few, but some of the changes that have happened for us is we now have a total of 24 trades available to us across the entirety of the season. Ahead of the completion of round two, you can use a maximum of four trades. Then that week, once that concludes, you only get two trades a week and your prices change after a player plays two games. So we knew that heading into round one, that that would be what it is. But there's some new changes and challenges that dream team coaches are going to have to navigate with yes, a few extra trades, but a few different things in the game. If you've played it a long time, it's a big change for us.
0: It is, yeah. It's, um, it's certainly not what Dream Team used to be, I guess. And uh, you know, this whole season is not what it used to be. So it's going to be an interesting thing to try and work our way through. And I guess um, the, the first question to try and work out is with these extra trades we've got for round one, what do we do with them? Um, you know, do we use them all now or do we keep a couple in the bank for later on? Do we fix the rookies? Do we fix the premiums? Do we, what do we do?
2: And, and, and I reckon they're going to be pretty similar questions and dilemmas across the format. So we want to deep dive into a little bit. For Supercoach, you guys uh, that play that format, you've got 30 trades available to you. There's an absolute bumper load that you've got. In addition to that, ahead of the end of round two, so right up between now and the end of that round, before it all final locks out, you can make up to five trades, which you have never been able to make that many before um, after that. Like in Dream Team, you go back to a maximum of two trades available to you every single week until they're all gone. And then once it's done, it's done. And like Dream Team, a player price change after playing two games where traditionally you've had to play three games to do that. So again, Fox, some good new opportunities, but some new challenges for super coaches to navigate their way oh, through as well.
3: Yeah, a new way of playing this year, isn't it? It's, uh, it's going to be crazy having all those trades.
2: It it Uh, lends itself a bit closer to AFL fantasy, doesn't it? For those that have played that format into Supercoach, knowing that for most of the year, you can pretty much double trade most weeks. It's a bit closer to that format, isn't
3: it? I think you can trade nearly every... You can double trade nearly every week. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically,
1: there's only five trades that you can't make across the whole season in Supercoach. If you do five in week one and two for every week, you're only five over, so... For the whole rest of the season, there's only five times you decide not to trade. So, you're right. It's basically AFL Fantasy.
2: Yeah. The, the, the difference is AFL Fantasy has its price cycle after you play one game. It collects over. In terms of, for that format, between rounds two to five, they're, they're, they're approaching it a little bit differently with the additional trades and changes you've got to your side. Um, is between round two and round five, you're able to make a total of three trades every single week after round five. You're going to resort back to the two trades a week, use them or lose them. The price changes, continues on after every single week. Uh, While the rolling lockout will be present still for the Thursday night matches, before the full lockout, that gets underway the moment the ball gets bounced on a Friday night. So some similarities across the game for us there, I suppose, Tim, for coaches with that format. I suppose the addition is, instead of having three trades a week through the multi-buy rounds, with that being scrapped, that bunch of three trades is just kind of getting moved for us into the earlier part of the season.
1: Yeah, so it's slightly different from Supercoach in that you don't get the bunch now at round two. kind of feels like the start of the season, the new round one. Um, So you've sort of got to spread this week's bunch of trades over the first month, really. you got three, 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 three. So it doesn't seem like it's going to change the tactics too much in fantasy because you've basically still got two trades a week except for the first few games and it's sort of going to help you catch up with whoever's been injured or whatever anyway. So it's like, it it doesn't seem like it'll change too much. It'll just be sort of souped up version of the format because you're only on 17 rounds.
2: Yeah, no, and fair enough too. And so maybe we'll keep you guys assigned right throughout this episode to to those sort of um, uh, formats of the game. I'm curious, Jimmy, you're talking right at the top about the big priority for coaches and a big dilemma for coaches this week is, do I go get the cash cow that, that that cash generation option that I missed and a little bit later on in the episode, we'll walk you through who's got some of the best break evens to make you some money. Or do I fix up that premium that's rolled through there? Because while well, we have only seen one game of AFL, we do know that this year it is a shortened quarters. And so those, 110s, 120s, 130s, 140s, that we might have become accustomed to getting from our captaincy candidates. Well, we saw a couple of those bigger scores in round one. How often do you think we're going to get those big premium scores?
0: Well, they're, they're certainly going to be a lot fewer and further between them before. So a big part of what we need to look at now is is readjusting that expectation of, of what makes a premium this year yeah um, and and with that in mind too it also means readjusting that expectation of what makes a decent cash cow mm. um, and so we're going to see prices i think move a little bit more than they usually would because your your rookies that are scoring 40s instead of 60s have still got to be able to create money into the game for it to work um, and so we don't necessarily need to cut them just because they're not performing at that level on in round one so and yeah. um, and and so and that's the other thing. We've only got that one round of data. It's a very small sample size we're working on so far. So it's an awful lot of guesswork at this point to try and work out what is that going to mean for, for our cash and what is that going to mean in terms of the, the timing of those trades and, and when to use them. Um, you know, we've only got a 17 more rounds of the season um, and, and enough trades to, if you do two a week and, and four in the first week, you're only going to get to what, about round 12. 11. Um, it's not you know, there or thereabouts. It's not far in. And so trying to have a completed team in that amount of time is going to be very, very tricky if you burn all of your trades in you know, the first few weeks.
2: And what we have seen across all of the formats is behind the scenes, they have given some formula behind it. All formats have tried to do it differently in terms of the staggering of impact of, of how prices accelerate, but also how that some of our bigger name players to make sure that they're absolutely still retaining some value. So Patrick Dangerfield, for example, in um, Dream Team, Priced at 777000 in that format, got tagged really hard by Matty Boer. So just a heads up, we talked about it in the preseason, you don't want your premiums having Matt DeBoer. He scored just a 40, but he's got a break even of just 153. And when we look at Geelong's fixture rolling through the next couple of weeks, it's actually not too bad. The Cats barely leave Geelong and they play Hawthorne, Carlton, Melbourne and the Gold Coast Suns in this next batch of four games. And, and so I think you, you're right. Is It's certainly a, a factor to process and to consider. And, and Tim, even in round one, we saw some sides earlier in the round, the, the Thursday and Friday night games, if you cast your mind, back to middle of March, there was still hope in the AFL that we might get two or three rounds of football before lockdown kind of hit. Whereas, as opposed to we got to the Sunday games, we pretty much knew, and Melbourne and West Coast players got to the ground and were told, this will be the last game before we go into lockdown. And so players and coaches and clubs, they all approach round one differently. So it is a bit of a loaded dice to some extent, isn't it? How we should approach round one.
1: It is hard to know what to take out of round one because it's such a unique round of footy. And like you said, one-off game for some of them. So even the scoring, like as Jimmy said, what is a premium score this year? Like how do we know... What, what to make of scores like if a premium scored 70 you know is that just natural flux if they're 105 average is that a 70 basically a 90 and the next week they go 120 and it evens out or is 70 a sign like it's almost like Ridd says you just got to look at the role that the players played is probably going to give you the best indication from round one rather than trying to predict mindset of, of everyone
2: yeah and so someone that a lot of coaches really were bullish on in the preseason was a Western Bulldog Josh Dunkley he, he had the role, a little bit different to say an Andrew Brayshaw, who spent a lot of his time forward. So he had the midfield role. The Bulldogs really got steamrolled by your boys Collingwood throughout most of that game. So would you be advocating for someone, now I know everyone plays the game differently, and different formats have different strategies, but would you be saying, well, Dunkley had the role, so don't panic? Or is it best to go, man, Viney's was huge. His break-even across the formats is enormous. Run and get the... You know, take the points, take the cash, and if it goes bad, flip it. What, what would you be doing in a place like that?
1: So it probably depends slightly on circumstances, like you said, but if he's got the same role as last year and you can't really see a reason why that would change, then logic would suggest he's going to go on and be a premium mid again this year. So I wouldn't be really in a hurry to change him, especially if he's got a decent fixture, as long as it's not terrible for the next month. Um but then the other side of that is who have you got to trade who have you missed like if you decide Viney's the guy you really want to get in and the, well, you've got to trade someone out so it depends who your other players are you know yeah if, if Dunkley is your weakest link and you think look I'll do this and then flip Viney back to Dunkley in four weeks well you know that might make you a lot of money and might make your points it's it's basically that it's sort of you can't say a hundred percent I don't think Dunkley's a bad a, a good decision to trade out but he might be your best option.
2: Yeah. Um, and I suppose Fox, from a super coach perspective in that format of the game, it's the same amount of points available every single game. So what we did see a really big range of scoring, like some really, really high monsters. We also still saw some stinkers rolling through there. I suppose across all our three formats, super coach premiums, you could, I suppose, argue were probably the least impacted in potential Given that the fact that the same amount of points per game is available to us.
3: Yeah, we had um we had eight schools over hundred and fifty. So those guys that really broke the game apart like Viney and that yeah. scored really, really well. They took they took the points, but are they gonna do it, you know, week two, week three, week four. Um, you know, like you've got Viney, Cunning and Cunnington as one and two. Yeah. Who would have picked, who would have picked that? Beginning well, I of can the year. T-
2: I can tell you this, there is no way in under God's green earth that I'm going anywhere near Cunnington in round two because he's got Matt DeBoer headed straight towards him. And so yeah. if you're thinking, oh, Cunnington, I'm going to run the break even on him, that's fine. But again, the, the fixture plans that you had at the start of round one, honestly, just tear it all up. The strategy of how you would get from certain premium to certain premium you've got to completely re-look at doing your plans. And now with the AFL, really only giving us four weeks in a run, Jimmy, like there, there's some positives and negatives for us. And that is we can kind of get a four-week visibility on who's got a really good run. We know that once we get through this, for example, in in a two weeks' time, Matt is likely to go to Marcus Bontempelli. But then after that, we know that Bont's free from from the Matty DeBoer tag, as opposed to, say, a locking We don't know the exact time in period of when that's going to hit. So there's some new challenges we've got to face too through that period.
0: There is, there is, and I think um, part of what we've got to look in that too with the the fixture and and where we were going with these guys at the start of the season. And you know, fixture was only ever part of that thinking. But if we look at um, you mentioned Dangerfield before, who didn't score so well because he played Matt De and that was always likely. Yeah. Um, from here on in. Here, a, he doesn't face him again. He plays an awful lot of games in Geelong, whether the lack of crowd has a factor or not, who knows. But yep. it's um but if you pick Danger in any of the, the formats, you picked him for a reason. Yeah. And so that low score in round one, do you take that too much into account? Yeah, I don't know that trading yeah, you know, in, in any ordinary year, and, and this is clearly not an ordinary year, but in yep. any ordinary year, we don't burn the premium after one round because he didn't score so well and jump on the hype train, like a Viney or a, or a Cunnington um, the, Don't swear you know, on this had episode, had a, mate. It, this is a
2: clean episode.
0: Okay, that had a, a, green, yeah, a, a good rounding first up. And so we don't do that. Um, and I don't think that that would be necessarily the right thing to do this year either, yeah. um, particularly in these formats um, where we've got limited trades, you know, Dream Team especially. Um, you know, if you use one trade on that, and you're thinking that you're going to need to get him back again at some point, that's another trade you've got to burn, and you know, you're starting to lose a fair portion of your trades to a fair narrow scope of what you're trying to achieve.
2: Yeah. So, it, and I'm curious to get Fox. You're taking a minute from a super coach perspective. There's a few more trades available for us, but Jimmy and Dream Team, it, we've really got. 24 trades, which we've completed for those that have played that game for a really long period of time. You used to finish your team with 20. So while it's not as many as previous years, it, it's certainly a little bit more stripped back and we've got to re-navigate our way through this year. But um, when we look at that, I only got the four trades available to us maximum this week. Mm. What's the number one priority? Is it cash generation? And, and sideways, the cash cows that may not play for us? Because there's a few. A Zerk Thaxter might not be available for us. Fremantaleen come out and said, well, um, Sturt's got the best job, um, not job security, but scoring break even for us to go and chase. Everything's got to go right for him to play round two. So that, that's a little unnerving for, for the coaches that either have traded him in in ISO break or have already owned him. Is that the priority? Get that cash generation flowing early in the year? Or is it, I think I can make some money with some fancy trading and my premiums. Which is the best approach to go? Look, I think to be honest, it's
0: finding that way to make that cash. However, you're going to make it. There's, um, you know, we've we've always, um, especially in this panel, been very open to the idea of making cash in non-traditional means. It's not necessarily just about buying the rookie cheap and then selling him high. There's there's other ways to achieve that same goal that potentially could give you more points on field, um, and with a, a, a shorter season this year, and what I was trying to try to hint at before with. Um, only 17 more rounds. Each single round that you have, and, and by extension, each player you have within that round, mm. counts for a higher percentage towards your overall score and thus your overall rank. And so points on field does become something of a priority from that point of view, but you can't get those points on field if you're not making the cash one way or another. So I think it would be something of a fallacy to go into to round two now with a whole bench full of rookies that are not playing. we are going to need to fix some of those if there's opportunity to do it. Um, I think for the most part, we need to back the premiums we picked for the reasons that we picked them. Um, If there's an opportunity to make some fast cash uh, one way or another, um, you take it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What about for you, Fox? Like five trades, super coaches have never had that many trades to use in in a round before. What should, and again, every side's got unique set of challenges. Some absolutely might've um, really struggled with their premiums, might've taken a risk on a couple of cash cows and mid prices that, Sure, it's one game of data, but even with a new fixture, might not get the the friendly role that they thought they were going to get through there. So, a lot's changed. What should be the priority for coaches with these first five trades that they've got available to them, heading into round two?
3: Well, you got to come out of the blocks and be aggressive uh, and creative. You got to get the right you got to get the right rooks because cash generation uh, is above points on ground early. So, you've you've got to, you've got to get those you're to get those rooks, but then be creative. You know, with um. Well, there's many ways to be creative, uh, even if it uh, means um, mid prices. But, you know, for a cash grab for two. You know, for two, three weeks.
2: And there are some mid price guys that in a supercoach scoring format that that are of genuine intrigue that you could might look at. Now, whether I'm advocating for them is different, but from a break even perspective, they're going to make you some money. Uh, Sam Naismith at $250,000. I'm fascinated to see what the fantasy community, especially with Supercoach, does. Is do they trade their R2 down to Naismith and try to make that money? Look, a break even of negative 25 is good, but it's not the easiest of, of, of Sydney ruck run either. The Swans, just for a reference point over this next month, have Essendon North, Bulldogs, and Melbourne. Round five of those is, is obviously a really difficult one that they know they've got coming up. So, look, that's a, that's a good break even, but would you trade him down from a, a Jacobs or a Gorn or a, something like that? I'm not so short. Sure. I feel dirty for saying it, but you know, definitely a Jack Viney, a break even of nine 10, minus 19. Jacob Townsend that was the one I felt dirty about, not about Viney. Um, he's got a pretty friendly break even as a mid price candidate for us, and then you are heading down towards you know, Source Jacobs got a 134 in round one. Honestly, I don't know why you'd be trading him out if you've got him starting through there with that break even of negative one and knowing that from a GWS perspective, it's not a bad ruck run, North Bulldogs. Collingwood and Hawthorne outside of Grundy, you'd kind of backsource into, from a supercoach perspective, still come out on top. But so you're saying cash generation's king and then get creative yeah. with others.
3: Yeah, there's a huge dilemma there with, um, you know, uh, if you don't own um, Max Gorn, you know, uh, he's got the next four Carlton, Essen, Geelong, and Sydney.
1: You know,
3: and how, how, how good a ruck run is that? And Um, I think we saw in
2: uh, rucks in super coach too, what scored incredibly well, like right across the format, there was barely a ruck that played a full game that didn't get an incredibly high score. So yeah, it's hard to think that Gorn's not going to dominate those guys and score well through the format.
3: Well, if you've picked him, you've got to keep, you've got to keep him for that, for that fixture. But you know, how how interesting is Naismith and um, Jacobs? You know, come in as that R two if you don't own them. You know, it's 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 it's, it's big dilemma there. But um, I think cash generation has to be the first. The, 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 the that would be the first thing for me. You've you got to get that cash rolling and and be creative in doing it. Yeah. Uh, there's there's many ways to get cash.
2: All right, um, there is there is um, Tim AFL fantasy. Um, Different format in terms of the strategy and contrast. You've only got the three trades available for you round two. Now, yes, you're going to have three trades over the next month beyond that, whereas the other trades then drop down to the two a week. What should the priority be for us, given that some of our prices have already changed through that format? And if you've gone and owned yourself someone like a Patrick Dangerfield in round one, honestly, an AFL Fantasy, uh, no disrespect to you if you picked him as your favourite player. but. Heading to a Matty DeBoer tag in round one, he was never an AFL fantasy guy to start with from the get-go, but he's already dropped 30K. He's got a break-even of 114. Um, So we're seeing guys already lose a little bit of cash. Dunkley's got a break-even of 105, already dropped the 20K. Whitfield's dropped the 15K, got a break-even of 104. All of those guys, even a Jake Lloyd, a 104 break-even, he's dropped 20,000. People might have started these guys thinking these are the genuine long-term seasonal keepers, do you look at them in AFL fantasy and make those premiums that underperformed in score the priority? Or is it then go back as the others have suggested and get those guys with a really nice break even for you over the next couple of weeks?
1: Well, I guess the main goal is always to get the best team you can as quick as you can. So you've only got three trades at the first week. It's not a little bit different Super supercoach. You've got three trades this week. So it's not much different to a normal week. And then the season rolls on from there. So, I think, as Fox said for SuperCage, it's pretty much going to be cash generation. Um, if you've got some underperforming premiums, I doubt you could really afford to trade them out with just three trades this week. Yeah. Unless you think their role is changed. Like I know that some people had concerns with Jake Lloyd preseason. Sure. Because of how he finished last season. So if you saw that again in round one, you think, "Yep, nah, he's not going to score as a premium this year." Then, yep, for sure. He's a trade-out. But if you looked at Owen, nah, he's, he's got the role. He'll be fine. He'll get back to his you know, 100 average or whatever it is this year, 80 average. Then I wouldn't be trading him out um, on the back of one bad game, even in fantasy. I just don't think you'd have the, the tra- spare trades to do it unless you've picked the perfect team, and he really is. Uh, one of your best three trades, um, even if you think he's going to keep the right role, just in terms of making a few quick dollars. So you'd pretty much go for the best cash cows, I reckon, in fantasy. Yeah, all right. um, shift guys who aren't going to play. Because like you said, there's a lot of rookies or guys with iffy job security we're hoping to make money on who may not play this week.
2: Well, you look at some of them, Sam Sturt, there's some uncertainty, not in terms of his job security. I don't think that's the concern. I think it's more about the injury concern. Does a Ryan Gardner from the Western Bulldogs as a forward, does he maintain his position? I think that the fresher injury concerns around Tyler Brown has probably given him, sorry, to Adam Trelaw has probably given Tyler Brown a little bit more certainty to be able to roll through there. Brett Buley, does he maintain, while he's more of a stepping stone mid-price guy, does he maintain that? midfield role, given that Brayshaw didn't get that role through round one and the likes of Akers and Hill look likely to be back quite early, if not before that. Um, Jacob Townsend, you know, had a really dominant first quarter of the game and really didn't too much beyond that. Um, does a, a Hibbard come back into the side? Like, there's a lot of uncertainties around our cash cow. Stasevich barely got started. Um, Bedford barely did anything for Melbourne. So, there's a lot of unknowns. Tom
1: Green? Tommy Green. So, is is Callan Ward back?
2: Yeah, Callan Ward's going to be close. Um, Because Tom Green
1: was a big hype guy and he's a premium rookie. And he didn't score that well in round one. And he's really highly owned. And you've got guys like Callan Ward and Zach Williams who were coming back from injury. And I know Taranto, they said, won't be ready by round two. But he'll be ready at some point. So... That's just another one to keep an eye on. Tom Green may not play around too if others are back.
2: And that's interesting, isn't it? I suppose the positive for us, a little bit harder in AFL Fantasy where you're locked out of the game on Friday night. While the teams will be known by that perspective, I suppose Dream Team and Super Coaches, you've got an advantage over that format where you can, as the weekend develops, continue to adjust your formats. as you get more games of data to watch and learn and observe how the game trends, do they evolve, do they change, what happens you've got that opportunity to be really fluid about how you adapt to the game. AFL fantasy, a little bit more rigid for you in that regards, or you can kind of just turn off and and enjoy footy for the weekend in one space. You don't get that chance to do those little tiny tweaks where you see trends happen over a further three, four, five games of data that super coaches and dream teamers get. So, you know, positives and, and negatives in that regard, but I'm fascinated to see what coaches do with their round two trades. Is it the Gorn, the Whitfields, the Dunkleys, the Lloyds, the Dangerfields? Do they move them on to a stepping stone or a mid-price guy and run the break-even game and then kind of revert back to it? Or do they just go and fix those cash cows that might not have that job security anymore? It's been eight or nine weeks since we've had footy. The players that they may have taken roles, Zerk Thatcher, for example, he was probably only going to get three, four games of footy while some of their key tools were coming back. Now, I know there's some fresher injury concerns again through Essendon, but that's the thing you've got to keep watching as the game has evolved and changed. The strategies you've entered into round one, for the most part, tear them up and you've got to then look at the new four and five week trends that have developed. You've got to look back at the things that have happened and hopefully let that inform some of the great decisions that you can make between now and round two, three, four, five. I think from a AFL fantasy perspective, Tim, coming back to you, the Thursday night games that we have do mean we get in that format a second opportunity at a vice captaincy loophole. Dream teamers and super coaches, you get it all the time. And we'll talk about your Sunday games in a second. But when we look at clubs that have a heavy Thursday night fixture over the next four weeks, it's Richmond with three of the next four Thursday night games. Is there a tiger or a tiger or two in your mind that we should target as as a vice captaincy loophole through those next three of the four rounds, giving us that second bite of the cherry?
1: I mean, Dusty's the one that jumps jumps out. Yeah, but Richmond just haven't really been the uh, ball hogging team for fantasy in the last couple of years. They've been the best footy team, but they haven't yeah. been the best fantasy scoring team. So, even with Dusty as like the premium forward. Um, He's probably the best. He might be a bit Prestia, better at super maybe. Coach, if he has a big night, yeah, yeah, the meatball, maybe if he's in form,
2: yeah. Like, really, really they're the, the two that you'd feel pretty comfortable in an fantasy format, rolling with, with a, a, a VC candidate, or, or not just comfortable, the only two you genuinely would consider, to be honest. Um, rolling it through there, you do have this first. Um, round back. You do have Collingwood, so the, the likelihood of, of Grundy being your vice-captaincy option, to be honest, just save yourself the pain and just put the VC on him. It's, it, it's pretty simple. Um, Richmond's ruck strategies always seem to allow people to, just like, in fact, the whole game, you can have as much fancy points as you want. We're still going to beat you by fifty points. Is generally how Dimas is very, very happy to let it kind of coach you out. So oh, then, not we'll mad, To
0: be, be honest. honest, it's kind of nice.
2: Yeah, I think as a Richmond fan, you're like, okay, I'll, I'll happily have crap fantasy players, but if it means that we're going to win a third flag in four years, we'll take that. Given the past couple of decades of history we've had, we'll be okay with another bad year or two on the fantasy scoreboard. That's okay. Mm. Um, you know Sydney have a Thursday night game heading into round four. Um, you've also got one for the Western Bulldogs. So potentially that might be a, an extra reason to hold um, a Dunkley through there for you if you're looking at him or, or a, um, a Jackson McRae. West Coast have that round five game against Richmond through there. Potentially the, the Gaffs or the Kellys or something like that you might want to look at rolling through there. The Yo if or the, the Sheed. For the fox, he, he just—I could just oh, see, you see him, him sit up there, <laughs> see him sit up talking about Dom Sheed, and he, he got all excited about it through there. I can't believe, as a Richmond fan, you've got a Dom Sheed mug that you're showing me so proudly right now, mate. Um, but but that's okay. So I think there's some options for us there. And, but then, Fox, when we talk super coach, and, um, and certainly from a dream team perspective for Jimmy too, it's there. But from a super coach, when we look at clubs that have got a really friendly Sunday heavy fixture. Adelaide and Melbourne are two of the teams that jump right out of the page. I mean, in fact, Adelaide you know have a Saturday night and then all Sunday games, whereas Melbourne it's a Saturday game, then three Sunday games. No other club has more than what I think Fremantle have two and a Saturday night game in Round Four. So um, Essendon have a couple of Sundays to kick it off, but that's a hugely encouraging thing for those with a Gorn um, or, or a Crouch brother or something like that. You've got this oh. ready-made safety vice-captaincy backup, don't you, there with that fixture?
3: Oh, especially with Gorn. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's crazy first four rounds. Oh, sorry. Second, third, fourth and fifth yeah. rounds.
2: Carlton, Carlton, and Geelong, Sydney. And Essendon, Geelong and Sydney are all Sunday afternoon games. If you had a yeah. danger field, for example, and again, not telling people how to play the game, but in Supercoach, hypothetically, from a Geelong perspective, they have a Friday night game, a Saturday night game, a Sunday game, and a Saturday game. So perhaps, I don't know, a, a danger into a gone might be a pretty simple way to play the game. Maybe. Fox, you're not going to add to that. You're just going to nod at me, aren't you? You know this is an audio <laughs> podcast, mate
3: you know that was a question aimed at me. Yeah, uh yeah, I like Dame, I like yeah, I like danger.
2: All right, fair enough.
3: Um, that fixture he's got. Yeah, how many how many games is he going to play down at Geelong? He's got a great record down there too. D-
2: d- he does a great record down there. He's got a great fixture there and the I most could, important thing probably, for me is he has no Matt DeBoer.
3: Yeah, probably better than great. You got you got to get him in soon if you don't own him. Okay. I think he's 20 20% owned. I think in Supercoach. That's so it's pretty low, isn't
2: it? Yeah, he is. is he's probably going to drop a little bit of cash, um, Paddy Dangerfield. But again, you, you don't get your premiums in to make money in, to, in the fact that once you own them, their price point is largely irrelevant should you not have to trade them out. And so if you're comfortable with getting Dangerfield knowing that there was no Matt DeBoer for the rest of the year, then sure, yeah, he's going to maybe drop 30, 40, 50, 60K on you. Could somebody get him cheaper in a fortnight's time? Yep. They absolutely could, but you're getting him because you think of the points he's going to make you during that period of time. And it is a hard period of time, isn't it, Tim? Where where, While cash is king at the start of the year, there are some coaches that are approaching this year with the strategy of, if I get runs and points on the board early in the year, I might be harder to catch because there's less time to be caught at, at the top of the tree. Is that a strategy you'd... Kind of advocate for obviously knowing some caveats there, but someone going, I'm going to go real hard with getting playing the fixture game over these next four weeks, really getting the right matchups and the cash. I'm not going to be super super focused on.
1: Um, yeah, look in fantasy and super coach where you basically got your trades every week. Definitely, um, I think in fantasy you often see like you look at the top 50 teams towards the end of the year and you look at it, and half the time you're like my team's better than this team because they've got no bench or they've got some very average, you know, F six or something on there, yeah. but they've basically had the best scoring guys early and they've got on the right streaks and they've basically all gone points on field yeah. and it just carries them through. And in fantasy, it's just really hard to catch that even in 22 rounds, so yeah. in 17 rounds. Absolutely. Um, but you will still need cash as well, because if you get off to a good early start, you've got no money. Um, you won't be able to upgrade the rest of your team. So it's sort of less important to get the full premium 22 on field in fantasy, but you will still need points. Yeah, no,
2: know. that's good. All right, well, let me throw you a, a, a random question. Maybe an, if there's a, one cash cow and one, it can be a premium or a stepping stone. So Jimmy for DT, um, Fox for Supercoach, Tim for AFL Fantasy. If there was one cash cow that players needed to make sure they had, and if you've already got them, take them off your list and say, well done. There'll be another priority for you. But in dream team, Jimmy, let, let's talk about the cash cow mm. first. Sure. Sturt's got the best break even at the moment, mm. minus 21, but he's got some uncertainty about it. Who's that cash cow that if you don't have him, you, he needs to be your number one priority to make sure that he's in your team. Again, knowing that I don't think there's a coaches panel listener that didn't pick Marlon Pickett.
0: I was just about to say. I think that the two obvious ones we should all own by now, and that's Pickett and Rao.
2: Yeah, Pickett and Rao. What about a Georgie it artist? With, yeah,
0: yeah, goes without saying those. Two.
2: Yeah, yeah, Pickett and Rao is a Georgie artist in that top line priority for you too. Knowing again a sixty on debut against Gold Coast, or is there a yep. little bit of a it was against Gold Coast for you?
0: Oh look, I mean, we've got to see if he's named first, I guess, and that's, yeah. and I think that's the thing with with all of these rookies at the minute is we don't know. Yeah, there's been so much change within the clubs and, and in terms of how the coaching staff are viewing these players, how they viewed their performance in round one, let alone how they've trained in the meantime. That, mm. um, and the players that have come back to, to challenge them for those spots they might have opened up with. It's, um, yeah, so I find it hard beyond the obvious ones there that we, we know that you know, unless they break their leg between now and next uh, weekend, yeah, touch yeah. Wood, that um, they're going to be named. Um, that's kind of the way I'd approach it from there. Wait until teams come and, yeah, make sure you've got enough to, to make you the cash you need from that.
2: Yeah, it's nice. Is there a premium or a, or a stepping stone option that coaches should be considering as their main priority in your eyes for the dream team format?
0: Um, no, it's horses for courses. I think to a large degree, you know, Viney seems to be the the buzzword at the minute. Yeah. Um, angry Viney is a great Viney, but I don't <laughs> know I don't know how angry he is now. He's had nine weeks kicking his feet up on the couch. He could be calm and relaxed. It's. Um, yeah and yeah you, know, you could make the same argument for Petraka it's you, yeah i there's not one that stands out to me hugely at this point in that format, and I think yep. it's as much about crafting the trades you're going to use for your team the way that's going to suit your team best
2: yeah, all right, nice. Uh, get off the fence but that's fine um, <laughs> this, is, this is nice what about look for you that's all right, mate. That's all right. You enjoy the impaling. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> no, it's good. No, it's helpful advice. It's very practical. It's not giving me the, this is how you should do it, which I like that you give me. What about for you, Fox? Is there a cash cow similar to Jimmy? Is there a cash cow? That uh, uh,
3: we- we, well, you've covered the Rooks. Like, all right. Well, well let's not waste time
2: saying the same four
3: names. Yeah, then. So let's, let's just wipe the Rooks off. Um, all right. I think um, Devin Smith. Devin Smith in Supercoach, three hundred and what is he? Pri- he he
2: is he is dirt cheap, Devon Smith when it comes uh, to to Supercoach. So Devin Smith in that format, he's yeah. not he's going to line yeah. you up a pretty cheap amount.
3: Yeah, I, and I three thirty five way. I wouldn't be. I'm not that interested in Viney in Supercoach, but um, How? I, I I think I think I'd like to have How. He's had past. Uh, Great, well not probably not great, but he's had uh, good good seasons as a defender. So he'd be one I'd be looking at.
2: Yeah, how's the one that really fascinates me? Look, round one, everything, at the ball just lived down in in the Magpies' at defensive area. They were just absolutely beaten up by uh, the Western Bulldogs. Sorry, got beaten up, and the ball just, you know, they just loved having the game, you know, on their terms, but. Outside of Richmond, you know, who's got a really nice fixture where they'll just let you have the ball. Not so sold on him, but as you've said, you look back through some of his history, 2018, he averaged 91 in Supercoach 2017, he averaged 94. And then his first year at the club, he averaged 91. So paying for a guy at the price point of an 80, there's some growth
3: there. Yeah, I think that's good value, MJ. Yeah, it's some value. I think yeah. With a
2: player
0: like him, it's how often in the limited rounds we have. How often is he going to hit that ceiling?
3: That one fifty-six how again. Often
0: is he, yeah, yeah, how often is he going to go at fifty-six? And that's really what's going to skew his average one way or the other. I reckon.
1: Yeah. So if you trade in someone like How, it's going to be really hard for you to trade him out again, given his price, right? So you're basically expecting him to be a premium for you. At an eighty, he needs
2: to become a premium for you because there's just not enough cash generation. While well, he's going to make you a nice. Spurt of cash between now and round one, he's not going to be that guy. That on the other side, it's there's not the cash room to grow. There's there's a ten points that you're hoping, and so yep, you had a fantastic round one. I think the fixture looks good for him heading into round two. After that point on for Collingwood, St Kilda, GWS Essendon. Okay, outside of GWS, it's it's not the hardest fantasy matchup lineup for him as a defender rolling back through there, but. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Tim. I think if you're going on how, nothing wrong with it. Mm. But you, you need him to be a 90 defender for the rest of the year. And if he's not, even with the multiple trades a week, I just don't know if there's enough cash um, for him in there on you. But again, that, that, that's all me. What about for you, Tim, when it comes to uh, AFL fantasy? What's your kind of take on uh, how it'll all play out? We'll who's, uh, we talk past just shows, who's the guy to go for.
1: We're just quickly back on Supercoach, there's a guy who plays in a similar spot to Howe in the same team, and that's John Noble. Yeah, nice. He's about 200000 in Supercoach. Um, so he might be even a better cash cow than, than Howe if you're looking at cash cows as such.
2: He's certainly going to make you a little bit more money a Round one score for for Johnny Noble. Uh, wasn't bad. He's got a break even of eight. He scored you a 74 in round
1: one. Anyway, not saying he's must-have, but just no, struck me out no, as no, similar. He's, I, like uh, I can't really mention Maybe Noble. Maybe if you want to
2: get rid of Zerk Thatcher, that could be the way to go.
1: Yeah, well, I can't really say Noble's a must-have cash cow in fantasy because his price is about double what it is in Supercoach. No, that's fair enough. He's a, he's a premium over there, mate. <laughs> These are the ways it go. look, there's some really interesting trades. It, um, as for who's a must-have cash cow, it might even be someone who didn't play round one like... How far away is Birchall? I don't know. Is Birchall coming back in round two? Because mm. some people will look at him. What about Harley Bennell? I was oh, just about to mention. His, yeah, Harley. Mm. I mean, Harley has been teasing people as a cash cow for about six years now, hasn't yeah. he? Whenever he last had his premium season with the Suns. But if he's picked in round two, people will be trading. Guys like Sturt or Green or whoever doesn't play. It's going to be traded to Harley Bennell. It will I'll be probably do it.
2: <laughs> I could almost guarantee I'll do it.
1: Age, but but as you said, people might be trading or something like that, trading Tom Green to Harley Bennell. And you know, this is half people's trades <laughs> for the week. <laughs> it's yeah. really hard to pick that exactly. And so, you like, there's That's so many guys we don't even know who's lost the coach's favor, who's Back from injury, who does that push out? Have they tinkered with their game plan? They think actually, I don't want to midfield it anymore. Or it's so much. It's
2: Welcome really to the fence, Tim. It's nice and comfy off. up here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. It's going to be fascinating to see what people do in, in an AFL fantasy sense. It's, it's going to be really intriguing, too. All the formats are to see what what people do and we're keen to hear and support you as best we can here at the coaches panel, Uh, not only as we head into the recommencement of the season into round two, but ultimately through the remaining 16 games of fantasy footy that we're going to get through the year. Um, My encouragement before we get to some of the questions would be simply this. This year there has never been, and God willing, will never ever be another year like this for fantasy footy coaches to navigate with the shortened quarters, with the shortened season. And so my encouragement to you is this. If you have a bad season this year, actually it's just not going to make you a bad coach. Um, the coaches that win it this year, they're the ones that adapt the quickest and the best and get a little bit of luck going their way. Absolutely. Which you need to win it in every single format this year. But if for whatever reason, you've normally done pretty well uh, across the formats and you get in about three or four months time, you're like, man, I think I'm really bad at this game. My encouragement to you is this. Is... Everything has been turned upside down. Every format has changed this year. Everything is different. And so even if you have a bad year this year, and again, hoping you don't, but even if you have a poor pear-shaped season in 2020, my encouragement to you is simply don't panic, don't stress, don't worry. Have a crack at 2021. Certainly, trial some things in 2020 would be my thing. If you're like, I don't know how this is going to work, trial new things. Get Crazy, a little bit, do something different that you might not normally do um, because you'll never get a free hit year like this year before.
0: That said, premierships and yeah, premierships and trophies won this year still count, no asterisks.
2: Oh, heck yeah! Oh, yeah, if, if I win any keeper league, I'm going to be letting you know all about how serious it was. Absolutely, you, you win uh, yeah. the overall rankings this year. You could argue the case that man, it's even harder to win it in a compromise season in that regard. So,
1: That's absolutely, fair. absolutely. Well there's okay. been compromised seasons in the past, which we still count. Two of Essendon's premierships were just round Robin wins, no grand final. There you go. And you got Fitzroy won it from the wood despite finishing last and all these still count to the to the tally.
2: That's right. Um it- a West coast premiership. No, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. I just wanted to, um, no, that's all good. All right, boys. Uh, we've got a couple of questions uh, to wrap up this episode that we've been able to get through Facebook and Twitter. So thank you so much for keeping in touch with us during ISO life. Uh, Thomas Lee has a question. It's an NFL fantasy and a dream team question. So we'll throw it over to you, uh, Tim, to be able to cover us. So he wants to know, Hey guys, is trading Lloyd down to how an option to pocket some cash or is Lloyd going to be a must-have defender for the whole season? You talked about Lloyd a bit earlier in the episode, mate. Uh,
1: well, I think you covered how pretty well. I tend to agree that I don't think he's the greatest trade-in in fantasy because you, you'll end up being stuck with him for quite a while if you get him. So you need him to score like a premium. Could he end up scoring more than Lloyd? Certainly this week. Yeah, he could. But I'd say it's unlikely. I'm more comfortable with trading out Lloyd if you don't think he's going to be the premium anymore than I am about trading how in but I reckon you will have bigger fish to fry with his three trades than to be trading out Jake Lloyd this week i would be more inclined to wait one more week on Lloyd
2: alright fair Same enough All right, Stuart wants to know Fox I'll throw it over to you Bont that he initially set, selected him for his juicy early fixture which has now obviously been thrown out the window and he runs into the ultimate stopper in Matt DeBoer in round three. Does he hold his way with Matty DeBoer and get through that bump in the road? Or does he look for a little bit of cash generation and jump on a Viney or even a Callan Ward?
3: Nah, trade him.
2: Trade him. <laughs> Drop him like a high school crush. Yep,
3: yeah. yeah, absolutely. De- well, DeBoer, yeah. Well- Um, When's he got DeBoer next game?
2: Round three. If you want to know Matt DeBoer, because we did an article, he made the 50 most relevant during the preseason. where you don't want a premium anywhere near Matty DeBoer. The four weeks we know, here's what it is. Round two, North Melbourne. Anyone want to say he's going to anyone other than Ben Cunnington? No? Great. Uh, We'll continue. Uh, Western Bulldogs.
1: Uh, Has he tagged Higgins in the past?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair. shut up, Tim. Um, <laughs> that's all right. All right. Uh, Bulldogs round three, um, round four. Collingwood does he go to Pendles? Sidey?
1: Trelaw? There's a couple of options. Trelaw right? probably won't play by then, will really. he? Uh, not hopefully.
2: be back yet. Yeah, I hope he does. Uh, and then
1: uh, I'll trade, trade him, trade him.
2: And then uh, <laughs> Fox is ready to trade anyone at this stage. Um and then round five is Hawthorne. So our Tom Mitchell might get a bit of attention through there, potentially. Potentially. Yeah. All right. Uh, Fox has yeah, traded
3: Well, he's gonna lose a heap of cash. Like he's what in Supercoach, what he scored a seventy six. Uh then he I don't know who he's got in the second round, but then he's got DeBoer. He's he, he's gonna be a cheap he'll be a cheap option it's to think up maybe. round two. Uh who knows? Who, who knows? But uh, yeah, I'd trade him. I'd I'd probably trade him across danger.
2: Okay, yeah,
3: nice. I was just about to say,
0: I think as far as as Bond goes and the losing of cash, that's only relevant if you plan to get rid of him and then bring him back again later on. If you plan to hold him through this and through DeBoer and through the rest of the season, um, whether he makes or loses cash in the meantime doesn't really matter at all. Um, And the only way to bring in a player who's not... Going to play Dubois again at some point this year is if you bring in Danger um, or, or another cat. They're the only ones that have got past that yet. So yeah, it's true. It, um, you yeah, know, any other premium from any other club you trade in, besides from Geelong or the Giants, so are going to be facing off Dubois at some point.
2: Yeah, it's very true. Uh, by the way, it's going to cost you an extra two thousand to move from Bontempelli up to Patrick Dangerfield. Both a, a projected to lose a similar amount of cash too, heading into round two. So for, for what it's worth, uh, that is what it is. Uh, we'll throw this next question over to you, Tim. Uh, Big Mal Tazzy. Hello, mate. Nice to see you. Good friend and Patreon of, of the coaches panel. He says, with the uncertainty of rookies, what does the panel think of trading two disappointing first round primos to potentially four mid prices or back your reasons why you pick the premiums in the first place? It's an all formats question what should he be looking to do there? Should he back in his premiums or should he be looking to, you know what? Stuff and have a crack.
1: So basically trading two rooks and two premiums to four mid prices. Yeah. So I'm guessing he's thinking dream team because of the four trades. He
2: says all formats, but yeah, you definitely can't do that many in, uh, in AFL fantasy, but yeah, what would you be doing through there?
1: Gut feel is I'd. Be pretty wary trading in four mid prices. I still yep. reckon you go to premiums and get the cash generation off the best rookies. Yep. The only trick being that you do need to have good rookies to make cash. So, as long as he's got the two guns that you mentioned earlier, you guys pick it and roll and I guess it gets a bit dicey, but yeah, I'd, I still reckon you want the, the premium power. Like, if you trade in four mid prices, you might struggle to get them out anytime soon. And even you if two of, them did, two, them. two of them don't, like, that's two of them who's making no money and scoring no better than what they're priced at. So, I don't, I'd be wary. Like, you can do it for some, but I wouldn't do it for four. Yeah, Personally, okay. that's just my opinion.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair enough too. A uh, question for Jimmy. We'll throw this one over to you, mate. Uh, question. Uh, it, it's around about a, a little bit of a keeper question. Sorry, Fox, I didn't throw it to you. Oliver Florent, where do you see him in three to five years fantasy-wise?
0: Ooh, he... Geez, he, he could be anything um, either way, really. Um, I'm I'm a little bullish on him personally. Um, yep. I do think he's the type of player where odds are good. There's someone in your league who's a little more bullish on him than you are, and yep. you should be able to extract a bit more value than he's worth currently. Um, so if there's if you own him, um, I, I wouldn't be adverse to trading him out if you can get someone better, or well, that you think is going to be better than him in a shorter period of time. Um, but I don't hate the idea of holding him longer term either. Again, I'm sitting right on the fence with it. But yeah. uh, I, I think he's got potential to be a premium in, in five years' time. But uh, he's certainly know um, he's not Taranto.
2: Yes. Uh, speaking of Taranto, someone's I mentioned his name in the next question. Fox will kick it over to you. Stuart wants to know, Bailey Smith round one, is that a sign of things to come? Or is that just a really great first week of scoring?
3: He shows a lot of potential. I'd say there's going to be more of that.
2: Okay. Would you be trading him in in any format?
3: Oh, I'd be happy if I started him. Oh, yes, you I would. I did.
2: <laughs> Shut that up
3: way. <laughs> I don't. Oh, gee, I don't know if I'd be trading him in, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I'd be happy if I started him.
2: Does that, you, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, Jimmy. What, what was it about Bailey Smith that made you go? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a crack and jump on him this year. What did you see that you like? Obviously, you saw it in round one, but prior to round one, what were you liking about him?
0: Um, look, it, it was as much as anything wanting to take a, a bit of a gamble on someone at that point. Um, yeah, you know, started um, with uh, um yeah, with uh, Toby Green at the, the start of the fourth end and, and Dusty there, and I thought, well, you know, let's go someone a little bit different and interesting as a, an option alongside him. Nice.
2: It works, yeah. So far, so good. That's certainly what I would say. Uh, uh, Jordock's a good friend of the coaches, pal. Hello, mate. He says, any word on Mitch Hibbard? Uh, Was a lock before his pre-season injury. Should be fit now. I I definitely think, mate, um, he's absolutely right in contention, especially with Dyson Heppel. um, No certainty to play. Not just round two, but a couple of weeks of footy beyond that. Um, uh, I've been saying for years from an Essendon perspective, they just need a, a... Loke through the midfield that is prepared to be a little bit of a bulldozer. And Mitch is certainly that he's got the big body. He's got the frame. They need that support for Merritt and shield. And so I think he's as good as any of the cash cows that didn't play round one to get an opportunity for us in round two. I think the key, there, there are two key things I'd probably suggest people look for that might trip us up. If a cash cow did or didn't play round one, There's always a why they did get selected or why they didn't get selected. Was it because there was an injury? Was it because there was a suspension? Was it because they forged their way into their best 22? So that would be my thing of how did they get their opportunity into that? And then additionally, is if you look at players that performed well through round one, were there exceptional circumstances that happened in that game that caused it? For an example, Andrew Brayshaw barely got a centre bounce attendance. Because it was a shortened game, Fremantle knew they just had to play Fife and Sonny Walters through the midfield if there were any chance to win. And they got pretty close to be able to doing that. Now, are they going to be able to do that knowing there's game after game after game after game? Probably not. So I'm certainly not as worried about a Brayshaw-style thing through there because it's always got to be a, I think this, well, why is this? So that would be my thoughts on that one. Sorry, random thought. I'll be horse for me. That's okay. Uh, Jordan just wants to know... uh, We've answered that question seven times. It's about rookies. Thank you, Jordan, for your question. We appreciate that. Uh, Lads, uh, I think that's it. Unless anyone's got a burning thing that they want to make sure they share with their friends. That's just about us done. Jimmy?
0: Yeah, I just wanted to... um, We touched only very briefly on on draft leagues tonight. um, Single season and keeper leagues. I think um, people are just starting to to crawl out of their caves and log into their teams there as well. And it's... um, Again, hard to know exactly where you stand given uh, how unusual round one was and what the rest of the season looks like. But now is a good good time to to go in and and have a look through the waiver wire and and see what is available that might work for you. Again, keeping in mind the fixture with the Thursday and Friday nights, especially in ultimate footy, um, you might have the chance to loophole um, through your bench or through a vice-captaincy if you've got that switched on. Um, and then look for players that um, that were missed coming into round one. So, um, you know, Tim mentioned Harley Vannell earlier. Um, he's only owned in 29% of teams in ultimate footy at the minute. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, so there's a reasonable chance he's sitting on the waiver wire. There's no guarantee he plays. But if he does, well, we know he can score. So yeah, it's not good. a bad option to fill your bench. So, and there'll be other bits of gold through there too. Um, yeah. It may or may not be worth throwing out trade-offers if uh, the rest of your league is still happily napping and not paying much attention just yet. But um, at some point soon, there could be value to be found there, especially with the skewed scoring that we saw in round one, where um, a player who didn't score so well might have a a perception of less value than he should have and and vice versa.
2: Yeah, no, it's good. Um, Sorry, Fox.
3: Guess who I picked up off the waivers. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Tim
2: English? I don't know.
3: Ben cunnington
2: full round one or after round one
3: after round one, he was unowned in a league of yours yeah, he was unowned, so yeah, selling
2: fox, he's got maddie to <laughs> coming to him unless you believe him. um by the way, speaking of um. Ultimate Footy. Um, the One quick thing to factor in for you too, uh, is your positional changes are after round three, six and nine, and that is it. So you're only getting the three positional changes rounds. Normally it's three, six, nine, 12, 15. Um, You're not getting as many positional changes this year. So just a heads up for you as always here at coachespanel.tv. We're going to share them with you first. As soon as they come out, you're going to get them released via us. Thanks to our good friends at Ultimate Footy. So definitely keep an eye on the website because after round three, it's a wednesday night we'll drop them out for you so you'll be able to look at them and then there'll be a podcast for you to be able to go back and uh, check out your way through jimmy talked about keeper Um, leagues uh if you're loving keeper leagues you can always check out coachespanel.tv kane and i have been working our way during iso life through who we think not the whole panel who we think are the best 50 keeper league prospects it's not ranks it's prospects and we'll keep dropping you through the uh the articles and, and podcasts for Patreons every single day. And if you can't join the Patreon army, that's okay. We'll still give you these uh, weekly wrap up episodes. I think we're about to drop numbers uh, 22 to 16 on the weekend. So that'll be an interesting one. Sorry, Tim, you had something before we wrap up the
1: episode. Uh, yeah, just on ultimate footy, it looks like they haven't changed when you can set the trade deadline too. So that just means for every draft league, your trading deadline is probably in four to six weeks. So
2: yeah, just take that it. in mind. Yeah, you you all. Uh, my encouragement would be is maybe take that deadline off, or get that fixed, or uh, ultimate footy probably is the other ultimate option uh, to be able to <laughs> run through there to be I'm able, able to call MJ, in. sort it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no pulling power whatsoever, mate. We all know Fox runs ultimate footy anyway, so that's totally fine. The moment we see <laughs> Don Shi get forward status, then you know it's true.
1: And <laughs> had one one little one that we just didn't come up anywhere in the discussion is. Everyone would have seen Buddy Franklin's out for two to three months oh, with another hammy. Oh, um, Be careful of Isaac Heaney because oh, Appley yeah. came out and said, he's playing forward, we need him forward. So, I just noticed he was one of the more popular trade-ins early days because he got 100 in round one. Um, Buddy didn't play round one either, so does his role change? Is he, yeah, uh, but th- th- is Sydney
2: aren't going to play Adelaide every week, you know, so... <laughs> that, that, that's that's not going to help him beyond that so no all good no nice little pick up from you there tim nice little nugget of gold on the way out of this episode thank you uh, friends uh, for tuning into this episode I, I hope you've managed to say stay safe and navigate your way through this pretty crazy couple of months um thanks so much for doing the journey with us the exciting news though is we are now just days away from footy returning it's going to look different again for us but we're getting used to looking different life at the moment, aren't we? Round two of your fantasy footy season is not too far away, and we're excited to do the 2020 season with you.) Give it up.